Welcome to the Seattle Footy Podcast. Monica, how was your Christmas this week? My Christmas was pretty good. I was lucky and didn't have to host again, so I was pretty excited about that. I made some pot roasts to take over to my brother's house. And remember those fancy Hawaiian sweet rolls I was telling you about that I put butter and garlic and Parmesan on? I made those. Yes. Yes. The ones you talked about in our Thanksgiving episode. Mm -hmm. What about you? Mine was pretty good. I actually went to my brother's house and it's usually a yearly tradition because my two nieces, they get spoiled by my grandparents and my brother and sister-in-law and I with all a bunch of presents and they get to open a ton of presents and they're so good. <laughs> Most people I know Christmas tradition is usually wake up as early as in the morning. I I, I know a lot of friends wake up at like six in the morning and, <laughs> but, and just open presents. And it's just like chaos everywhere. And for my nieces, my, my little nieces, they're so patient. We don't get up there to the house until like two 30 or three o'clock. And there's, what? Just, there's just presents just sitting there like, like just tantalizing them for like hours, but they don't care. But they're just, they're just so excited and they just ripped up a bunch of presents. And Oh, you're that, fun. you're that one uncle. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's not, I'm not that one uncle. It's my, it's my whole family. My whole family started doing this. Wow. And this, I think this is where I got all the picture taking from because mm-hmm. my mom has to take 500 variations of pictures. It's like my nieces and my brother and sister-in-law. And then it's my parents with my nieces. And then it's me with my nieces. And it's like the whole family. And it's just like, <laughs> then it's the parents and my brother and I, because it's, it's the Lao family. And then it's the sister-in-law and my brother with my parents, without the kids. It, there's like... <laughs> <laughs> There's so many different combinations and it's it's the same background of the Christmas tree in the background. Oh my <laughs> so, <laughs> I think this is where I got my picture taking skills from is from my probably from my mom. So mm-hmm. well, you can tell your nieces, Monica said, bless you children for being so patient. <laughs> Well, welcome to our show. This is New Year, New You. Pretty much this is our New Year's episode because this is about to air on New Year's Eve. We got some great stuff for you. Monica, we just came back from an awesome burger crawl with a little twist. (laughs) Yep, with a little twist, but I'm so, so full. (laughs) Who would have thought vegan and veggie burgers would have made you so full? (laughs) Made us full. (laughs) Uh, You made us full, right? Right. Don't worry, I'll walk it off. Yeah. Uh, We had the pleasure to hang out and do a vegan and veggie burger crawl with Rated V Food or Eunice Reyes. And she is so awesome. Also of La Foodie Co, by the way. There's going to be an awesome collaboration that's going to be happening probably in January or earlier in the year. And we'll let you know all about it. Essentially, we just basically did a burger crawl. I had an amazing time. I had a great time too. This was my first time meeting Eunice in real life. And I just love her energy. Uh, Just really high energy person. So positive, so animated. I just love that. It just sort of brings everything to life. Did I ever tell you how I met her? No. No. I actually won a giveaway from La Foodie Co. (laughs) And so to get my prize, which was a t-shirt that says pho hyphen tographer. So 
photographer. I love I love her t-shirts by the way. You can go on her website to get her t-shirts. And we just had coffee and as we as I got my gift and um, we just talked about food for about 45 minutes and I was like oh this goodness. is she was so she just had the same energy. She was amazing and mm-hmm. I'm so glad we got to work with her. It wasn't even work. This was just hanging out and just eating food with her to yeah. be honest with you. <laughs> and that was a great time. We will let you know when uh it's going to air. She has a YouTube channel, so go to rated underscore v underscore food. You can also follow her on Instagram as well. And she has a bunch of YouTube videos out from other excursions as well. So go check her out. All right. Like I mentioned, it's the New Year's episode. So we've got a couple events, specifically a couple of New Year's Eve events that we want to tell you all about. And Monica, how about you start us off? Yeah, actually, mine is uh, New Year's Day because there's a lot going on New Year's Eve. And I think people tend to forget about New Year's Day a little bit, thinking about that as a time to sort of rest and recuperate from the night's festivities. So on January 1st, Magnuson Brewery and Cafe they'll be having all day specials on food and drinks to ring in the new year. And some of their drink specials include like a $4 Rose Bowl Rosé and $6 Mimosas and Beer beer Mosas. I was going to say Beer Mimosas, it's Beer Mosas. And there's no details on their special brunch menu, but they'll be running a brunch menu all day so you can have breakfast for dinner, which is one of my favorites. And also uh, this little cafe has been getting some press recently. So wanted to be sure um, that folks know about their special event that will run January first again 11 a.m to 10 p.m and it's uh in magnuson park and so it's pretty easy to find awesome that sounds wonderful i have a new year's eve dinner for you though and we Mm. always i don't know why we always we keep talking about it because we we love their restaurant adana (laughs) and adana's having their new year's eve eight course dinner on new year's eve december 31st from 5 p.m to 11 59 p.m come in but between that time, Adana is having a New Year's Eve eight-course dinner starting at 5 p.m. And Chef Shoda and his team have put together an extravagant meal, and it's the perfect way to ring in the new year. Tickets are $120 per person, and you can make reservations at ExploreTalk.com. They already released the menu, and let me kind of tell you some of the menu items that you're going to get. There's eight total menu items. Uh, some of the things include winter squash tapioca, mm-hmm. crab soy vinaigrette cavier, cauliflower dengaku miso, cod mousse with smashed potatoes. The duck breast shallot glaze and Japanese miso turnip is the main event. And for dessert is a cedar smoked gelato. I don't Mm. know what cedar smoked gelato tastes like. It probably tastes like heaven, but obviously Shoda and his team puts a lot of effort into that menu. It sounds delicious. And if you are looking for a New Year's Eve dinner, $120 per person, head over to Adana. Yeah. And if folks are interested in it, I'd recommend getting on that right away. I think they posted uh, that there's a few tickets left. So be sure to get on it if you want to get in on this action. And I agree with Nelson. <laughs> we're always fanboying and fangirling around Chef Shota. So we're fans. <laughs> yeah. We just had a ramen pop up by him. I mean, yeah. just <laughs> uh, pretty much we're going to get. 50 yard restraining orders for uh, stalking <laughs> pretty soon, but well, uh, just me. Cause I caught him. So you still, you're still good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Monica, you have another event that starts on December 31st. Do you want to tell us about it? 
Yeah, I think that people would be interested in this one because of the history. So Heartbeat Organic Superfoods Cafe has moved. And so after 10 years being in the Roosevelt neighborhood, they just moved to Queen Anne. And I think that happened within the last month. They serve organic juices, smoothies, grain bowls, salads, and gluten-free pies. And December 31st is the last day of their soft opening in Queen Anne. And that address, for folks who don't know where it is, is 1635 Queen Anne Avenue North. And so on New Year's Eve, between 10 a.m. and 5 p.m., this, again, the last day of their soft opening, they're going to be having a grand opening in January, which is also going to celebrate their 10-year anniversary, which is going to come with expansion of their hours. And so this was a really great neighborhood business in the Roosevelt area. I live in North Seattle, even though I live further north. I've been familiar with them and, and gone to their business many times over the years. And so these stories always sort of pull at my heartstrings, and I want folks to be aware of what, you know, community means in terms of a business supporting community and vice versa. You mentioned organic juices and smoothies, which I love. I love all drinks. <laughs> which one's your favorite? Have Do you have a favorite from them? Yeah, it, it's the beet combination. So basically any beet combination, I'm there. And beet's one of those love it, hate it kind of things. And I just love it. And I, why I love it in juice in particular is because when I make beet juice at home, it's a huge mess. And so any place that I go to that serves fresh juices, I'm always going to pick a beet combo. And so that's one of my favorites um, to get to get in the jars. Yeah, I love the beets as well. And they, they're really good when they do press juices, when yes. you include beets in press juices. So <laughs> that's why I asked you. And that sounds really delicious. Yes, so. it does. Well, Monica, let's get off that New Year's train and let's tell you about something on the weekend. La Marzocca is hosting a pop-up for Big Wig Donuts on Saturday, January 5th, 2019 from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. In case you don't know, La Marzocco is on 472nd, 1st Avenue North. Mm-hmm. Big Wig Donuts is an Oregon-based donut company and they're having a pop-up this Saturday and they are serving their made-to-order, gluten-free, vegan, and GMO-free donut holes. And Monica, there's three flavors you get to choose from, maple, chocolate, and cinnamon sugar. After we just did that whole burger crawl with Rated V Food, this sounds like a good transition because again, vegan, gluten-free, and GMO-free donut holes. I mean, well, let's just Let's just be honest. Donut holes. You can't go wrong with donut holes. No, you can't. And you know what we could do is that we could figure it out. We could sort of do a crawl from Big Wood Donuts pop up and we could go to Heartbeat too. So we could feel all good about ourselves being like vegan and gluten free. Yes, that's perfect because I have tons and tons of New Year's resolutions. And so eating healthy would be one of them, right? Um, that's not a resolution for me, but congrats to you. <laughs> you go with your bad self. <laughs> yeah. All right. Who's coming with me? Apparently not Monica. So not Monica. <laughs> Monica's staying with the company. Uh, she's, yes. <laughs> I'm sticking with the company line. <laughs> All right. I'm Jerry Maguiring it. So um, anyone can come along. Yeah, perfect. Those three, going back to the big wig donuts, maple, chocolate, and cinnamon sugar, which which one, which one sounds the best to you? Chocolate always sounds best to me. Oh, really? It's yes. maple. Maple sounds, maple sounds the best to me. I Does mean, it? I, I don't know. Yeah. That maple glaze. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just excited to try those out. So. Mm. All right. Sounds great. Well, that's pretty much all the events we got for the upcoming year. We have obviously a lot more going on through the 2019 season. Let's go ahead and move on to our guest. And Monica, why don't you introduce our guest for this week? 
Yes, our interview today is with the creative team behind Susu Seattle. So if you spent any time on my Instagram, you've seen Susu because I'm always at farmer's markets all over the city. And Susu serves up rolled up rolled ice cream in the Seattle metro area and actually in Kirkland. Yeah. And so the interview today is with Katie and Fi, and they'll tell us a little bit about the origins of Susu and where they're headed for the future. Monica, I got a chance to listen to the interview. What I really appreciate is that they use natural ingredients. They go all around Washington. I'm not just talking about Seattle area. I'm talking like to the lengths of like Yakima mm-hmm. to find mm-hmm. ingredient, fresh ingredients to make their Susu ice cream. And I have such an appreciation. I, I think that's, they just go above and beyond. This is their episode. Hi everyone. This is Monica from Seattle Foodie Podcast. And I'm here today with Katie and Fly from Susu Seattle. Welcome Katie and Fly. Thank you for having us. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, so uh, we're going to just hear a little bit about how uh, Susu got started. Like, what's the origin story behind the business? So, rolled ice cream is originally from Thailand. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and it's been around for quite quite a few years. Um, yeah, eight to ten years. And so we were in Phuket about four years ago. There was this little stand on the beach doing rolled ice cream. And we were just more completely fascinated with the technology of what they were doing. Um, you know, it was 100 degrees with 100% humidity, and they're basically oh flash freezing things on this, you know, weird sub-zero freezer, you know, machine that they have. Um, and we had sort of been talking about doing uh, like a weekend food food business anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think after we saw that, that was that was kind of where that idea came from. Is you know, we said, why don't we try the ice cream thing? Mm-hmm. It was on Thailand, and no, no one's doing it here. No one's doing it here. Yeah, no one was doing it here. There was at least on the west coast that we could find. Totally. Um, so that was easy, easy entry. It was a big learning curve, you know. Mm-hmm. This was our first business that we had ever started, but the rest is history. Kind of, it's worked out really well. Yeah, I know. There's like a whole bunch of uh, rolled ice cream places popping up now. Yes. And it's really interesting to see them evolve because actually, you know, as mobile vendors, not everybody was even aware of you guys or the quality of your work. Like, because I've known you guys since the beginning, like I've known the quality and as other rolled ice cream places have come out, I've been um, trying them out. And what I know is that it's very, very different, right? And so, um, you know, feel free to talk a little bit about, you know, the product in terms of like what does make you different. Yeah, I mean, we like to say a lot of it is love, but um, we are big fans of quality. And, you know, Phi being a chef and a Paris-trained, French, like French-trained chef at that, um, quality is hugely important to him. Um, so I think one of the things that we do that most rolled ice cream shops are not doing and a lot of creameries are not doing is that we're making ice cream from scratch using liquids. We're not using a powdered dairy. There's no fillers or preservatives. Um, we do a very traditional French custard style, so it's cream, milk, sugar, and eggs. Um, another thing that we made the decision to do, especially this year in 2018, was we stuck with real vanilla beans. Um, and the cost of vanilla basically quadrupled overnight. So anybody who was using vanilla beans either switched to a paste or an extract. Um, and we decided to stick with just the real beans. So that was one of the quality decisions that we made. We tried to focus not only on the uh, ice cream base, mm-hmm. but also what complements uh, like the ice cream itself. Like yeah. If you go to a restaurant, you get a dessert. Yeah. Like, and 
it, it might be, I mean, tiramisu is more like plain and simple. Mm -hmm. But then if you go to like a fine dining, uh, high end, like high, high end dessert store where you get every, you, you get a plated dessert where every uh, ingredient mm -hmm. complements each other and that's like the uh, harmony of like flavor. Yeah. You know? And not everyone's doing that. No, I think so. I, I think that's exactly right. I mean, you know, everybody has like, you know, like a strawberry shortcake or like some take on some kind of birthday cake or like a double cho chocolate, whatever it is. And I think um, over the years, I've seen a lot of innovative flavors. But why don't you tell me, like, what do your fans love? You know, I mean, for you guys, you guys actually do a rotating menu, right? And so even for me, like things that I might fall in love with, I might not ever see again. And I get that. I mean, that's that's part of like the excitement, but also like part of the sadness behind it and, and I do like I've seen things on your menu where I'm just like well that sounds weird and I'm totally in <laughs> you know so so what have people really loved over the years when you've been in business the s'mores the s'mores yeah we, I mean and I would say that's a very safe flavor mm -hmm. that we always have on the menu mm -hmm. so for people who have never tried our ice cream have never heard of us because we do we have a very eclectic menu yeah. it's never boring and it yeah changes every two to three weeks it, that is a good entry-level super premium chocolate ice cream that people can come and everybody loves it and mm -hmm. we do have customers that have never tried anything else they will come every single week and the only thing they've ever had is stop this, are you talking about my son now are you talking about my son <laughs> it's just one of the many <laughs> for our listeners uh my son you hear me talk about him from time to time um his absolute favorite is is the s'mores um but he has some slight mods that he loves to add to it but yeah so, so they could eagle... like our belgian imported dark chocolate <laughs> Too fancy, too fancy that chocolate. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, the only reason why we keep rotating, mm -hmm. uh, like every two to three weeks, is because trying to source produce is pretty tricky yeah. and pretty tough. You know, where you have to here, you have to chase like the mm -hmm. farmers. Yeah. And if in Europe, the farmers come to you, <laughs> so it's totally different. It's mm -hmm. a win, a win-win, and mm -hmm. also you know. Yeah, you have to work around product availability. Yeah. Sometimes we, we drive to Yakima just to get a specific oh my gosh. there. Yeah. Because I mean they have yeah. they have all the control over there. Whereas most yeah. other places just want to uh, give like quantity. Oh my gosh. There's no quality in yeah. in, in in the produce or the work they do. You know? Yeah. I'm going to totally hate myself for saying this, but I kind of think you guys are charging too little now, now that I've heard, one, about the vanilla bean thing, and two, like the traveling to Yakima to get the produce. You're not talking about the fruit stand, you're talking about like actual Yakima. Well, we've you're, gone you're to Yakima. You're actually to going to uh -huh. Eastern yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Washington. So, yeah. And yeah. yeah, a lot of the farmers that we've made connections with, you know, we'll ask them to save some of the best produce mm -hmm. for us that we can use. Um, That's great. But yeah, we've done a lot of traveling trying to source something unique or something mm -hmm. original or something f mm -hmm. fresh. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of the, I think, the problem, especially with America, is that all of our fruit has been frozen at mm -hmm. some point. So finding something that is super fresh, mm -hmm. that's never been frozen, uh, whether that's produce or some sort of grain or mm -hmm. you know whatever you're looking for, um, that can be tricky. We, we've definitely made some road trips to buy ingredients. <laughs> Wow. It's, yeah. it's worth it, you know, because... Uh, oh, it's worth it for me, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our, our, season, our season is pretty much short because mm -hmm. we don't open year-round. So yeah. we try to, like, squeeze everything in as much yeah. as possible, which 
people think sometimes it's crazy. It's it's not. Uh, most people that just stick to, to a certain like produce, mm -hmm. it's over time. It's really hard. As in, what if one day there's nothing, there's no mm -hmm. specific ingredients that you're using in your your cooking or your ice cream. Mm -hmm. you know? So the, we find that with microgreens a lot, yeah, actually, the, the a lot idea, of micros, and um, it's hit or miss on availability. The mm -hmm. other thing is, uh, people try to cheat by using frozen stuff. Yeah. And we avoid that, mm -hmm. you know, because we have a model that we give quality. Mm -hmm. Quality is the most important thing in everything you do. Yeah. Not 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 just ice cream, not just cooking. Yeah. But in your daily life. Yeah. Yeah, I, know. I, I might complain about the rotating menu, but honestly, because I get around so much, like I would have been bored by now if you guys just had the same five things on your menu, like you wouldn't ever see me. Because it's not that I don't love the product, it's that I just come all the time, which means for me, it's a little bit different than someone who's like never been there before and is never going to come back again, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you mentioned, Fai, that um, you know, you're not open all year round, so Saturday was the first uh, day of fall. So. What do you guys got going on coming up in the future? I mean, you guys are mobile vendors. Um, you're not, you know, selling out ice cream all year round. So what's up? Well, it's it's really hard to like plan anything ahead of stuff. You know, <laughs> we try to like we I mean we watch a lot of like we read a lot of like cooking, mm -hmm. cooking stuff. You know, uh, re reading especially gives you a lot of like inspirations. Yeah. Uh, not only. Uh, by just looking at pictures, like going through whether the ingredients match and pairs really well with, you know, it's like me marrying someone. You want mm -hmm. the best, yeah, you know? and that's really important. It's also, and you're giving this to someone because mm -hmm. someone is not only paying you to, to get the product; they want to feel what you give them, mm -hmm. and I believe that not many people realize. In that sense, you know, mm -hmm. they just want people think it's all about service. Mm -hmm. It's not only about service. It's service is part of it, and then what goes to it after is the customer receiving it, mm -hmm. and, and then from there. That's beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, the off season for us at least over the past few years, has been a good chance for us to do research and get re-inspired for new flavors. We didn't, I mean, the few flavors that we did repeat, we did with totally different toppings this mm -hmm. summer. Um, and I feel like... Did I miss figs? No, so we... Super bummed about no figs. Because we, we were doing the figs with the goat cheese last summer. That's right. And this year with the goat cheese, we were doing... We did fix. Well. We did do fix. So you, yes, you missed fix. I missed it. You missed it. Was it. Like, I must missed it. Canada. <laughs> Canada. Canada. It was a short season. We did it I only think two only weeks. two weeks on that menu. No, because uh, the first batch that came out early, it stopped after that, and then now you can find it everywhere. Totally. Yeah, figs are another one of those. Yeah. yeah. They have like a double growing season, kind of like they'll go stop and come back on again. Yeah. yeah. Usually people, usually chefs and other cooks will cheese after the first produce mm. you know, the first thing that came out because that's uh, that's one of the best ones mm -hmm. you know? and then the later on it's all gun <laughs> yeah mm. All right, so you guys are going to be doing a lot of research. 
Um, a lot of research, yes. We are also currently in the process of getting a space in the International District downtown in Seattle. So this winter especially will be filled with, I'm sure, a lot of architect and contractor meetings yeah. and figuring out how that whole process works mm -hmm. as we expand into a brick and mortar. It'd be so, awesome. Yeah, very exciting. We have so many more ideas in store for everyone. So much more we can do with a thousand square feet versus a hundred square feet, which is what we currently work out <laughs> of right now. It'll be like way too much space for you guys. You guys don't know we what to do with What do we do with all this space? We want to keep as small as possible. Mm -hmm. you know, we don't want to be too big and not have any focus of doing like stuff because mm -hmm. yeah. uh, we see a lot of like restaurants come and go because there's no there's no focus on what they're doing mm -hmm. and it's actually really scary to see that that turn that really high turnaround in the food industry yeah um, especially in the Seattle market um, but I think for us what we've always focused on is what are we doing how can we improve mm -hmm. our biggest competitors are always ourselves totally um, you know, and, and how can we be the be the best that we can be, and how can we most of all continue to learn? You know, food is, I mean, a never-ending journey of yeah, learning. So it's, there's there's always, always something new to learn about, and like he was saying um, about like flavor combinations and pairings, and and how important that is, and just keep testing that. It can it can be pushing the pushing those limits. It can be the same flavors, but then how we put it in another way mm -hmm. you know, because food itself we try to make it as simple because simple it's pure I believe. yeah no we don't want and I, I think with a lot of our ice creams too you get them and they're they're pretty but they are they're they look very simple but then you try them and there's something weird in there. We've thrown mm -hmm. vinegar or yuzu or, you know, some weird ingredient we've put in there. Or, you know, we're doing smoked watermelon right now. Just something interesting that you can put with that ice cream that people have never had before. Mm -hmm. They've never tried that before. So it's more, I mean, the role of ice cream thing is very entertaining. Mm -hmm. um, but the end result has to be amazing on their palate. Yeah. We're, and we also not only focus on ice cream. Most people don't get it. Still, people think that we're just an ice cream shop. Mm -hmm. We are trying our best to bring out uh, what ice cream can be at. You know, mm -hmm. what kind of level? Not only just play where you mix. You know, you you put in a machine, let the machine do, does the work. No, we want we want every single part, every single touch plays an important like. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, like every every element, as because we sort of think of our ice creams as like a building block, and it's funny because you know when people come to the markets, mm -hmm. I think people have seen pictures on Instagram or they've seen other companies doing this on YouTube or Snapchat, yeah. or, and it's it's always so funny to us how many people will come and watch, and as soon as we roll it and put it in the cup, they'll walk away because they don't understand that there's so many more layers that mm -hmm. we add to it on top of that. People think um, it's just ice cream. Yeah, they they think it's just ice cream in a cup. You know, or a lot of people don't even know what it is that we put in the cup. <laughs> you know, trying, we still get that. Are you guys doing ice we're cream? We're basically trying to make uh, ice cream into a plated, like, dessert where you can get it, like, in a restaurant, which is a bit difficult to to be at a farm's market mm -hmm. you know, because yeah. the temperature-wise, the ambience and stuff plays an important part, especially if you're dealing with chocolate. It has to be, like, cool all the time. Like micro micro herbs, yeah. you have to keep cool. 
my little will. So logistically, it's yeah. complicated, but I think you're you're also having to change people's mindset about that because you you never not often. I mean, most farmers market food is like casual. It's grab and go. You're mm-hmm. not. I usually find people who are trying to do like a restaurant style or quality dessert out of this tiny mobile little mm-hmm. stand, which is what we are. Totally. But that's, you know what I mean? Like we understand that we have to put in our time and, you know, you have to do it, you know, keep working hard and do what you're doing. And, you know, for us, we're very like lucky in the ability that we've been able to expand now mm-hmm. and grow. And I think you're, you know, when you have that brick and mortar store, people come in and there's a there's a different expectation yeah. when you've got a shop. But we're trying to meet that expectation right now as a, you know, a booth, basically, a booth totally. processor. So. And, and part of it is like storytelling. I mean, and, and honestly, as someone who eats at like moderate and like fine dining, which I, arguably Seattle doesn't even have fine dining, really. He would agree with it, you. It's like <laughs> such a small thing. So, yeah. so it's mostly just moderate dining in Seattle. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of restaurants even aren't doing the kind of thoughtful um, art forms that you all are doing because, it, I mean, it's absolutely right. It's, it's a really good ice cream base, but it's the building of flavors. It's so complex and like sort of just blows you away. Um, and there are a lot of restaurants that aren't doing that. And so, um, you know, people will get it eventually. I hope so. <laughs> and, and, you know, some of us already do get it. But, you yeah. know, that's why you're here. I mean, tell your story. Um, I think websites are great. And I think Instagram's great. But, you know, some of them are just visual. Whereas, like, yeah. you know, I mean, like us talking is a little bit different than you going on a TV show. Like, we've known each other since the beginning, right? right? And so um, followed you along and seeing where you're at. You follow me along a little bit. Um, okay, shifting gears yeah. a little bit. Okay. Um, this is a food podcast. And so, strangely enough, people are always interested in what you're eating. So what are you guys eating? What are you guys loving? What are some hot trends or places that you've been eating? We, we always talk about <laughs> we this. We talked a lot about this about question, this actually. <laughs> yeah. we, so we, all the time, we, we always eat at home. Mm-hmm. We, we cook, yeah, we cook we, at home mm-hmm. a lot. Part of that is, I think, because, one, we're trying to grow our business, so yeah. we're saving every penny we can. Understandable. Um, and then... Two, it's yeah. hard to find a place here in Seattle where you want to keep coming in. Yeah. You know, where, I mean, yeah. we, we've been to restaurants that we like yeah. a couple of times. Yeah. Like, we've had favorite Thai restaurants. We've had favorite mm-hmm. Indian restaurants. We've had favorite sushi restaurants. And it's really hard to find somebody who is consistently great. Yes, you know, true. and the And every time you go in, it's the, you have a favorite, and it tastes the same every time. It's really, really hard to find that. We, mm-hmm. all, we often go to places, I mean, during weekends or during our off time, mm-hmm. you know, to sneak in, like, okay, let's, let's try this place, you know, something new. And so we, we came in the first time. It, it's really good, you know. Maybe we should give a second shot, yeah. you know, next time to see what it's like. And yeah. sadly, we... We've been to a couple, and they're not the same as the first time we've been. Mm-hmm. You know, something something about it changes. Something different. Something's different, and so you know, then you're you're not as inclined to go anymore. You don't, mm-hmm. you know, you, we we always kind of we want food that we crave or something that we can't make at home. Yeah, and I think like you were saying about the moderate mm-hmm. food scene in Seattle. That's you know, and I because we're trying to save money too. Those like higher end restaurants, we don't eat at those normally. Totally. Um, and and I, I I I believe that most restaurants try 
hard to fit people's palate. Yeah, right. I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I think the difference with you guys is that you guys have a really clear concept about who you are, and you're not backing away from that. Whereas, if people in the restaurant industry more cater to what they think will sell plates. You're not going to be around if you have no identity of your own that like grounds you to food. Yeah, it's not going to last. Yeah, it's it's hard, you know, but it's the truth. That's why I mean, when when I first came here, I was so excited to like you know, to like look around because I've been. I've He's been from work, Singapore. I've, in I've, case been you working, yeah. I've been working on hotel line for about ten years, and I've seen a lot of like things. A lot of changes in mm -hmm. restaurants. I've worked in Paris, especially worked very closely with all like the top chefs. Uh, I'm not trying to like bring my chefs in, but we we always we have we have a focus. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't want we have our own palate. So yeah. basically, the chefs make the decision, not the customer. Yeah. yeah, we used to talk about that all the time. Actually, when he first moved here, and we were when we were starting Susu. Um, is that there is this big part of American culture where, mm -hmm. as the consumer, you can make demands, and most businesses will cater towards mm -hmm. that. Um, and in Asia and Europe, you find that that's less the case. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that Fai's done a really good job as the creator and sort of, you know, the brainchild behind all of this as really sticking to his focus mm -hmm. and saying, this is this is what I want to do. This is what I want to make, mm -hmm. and I I want people to receive it and love it as I've intended it, you know, to be presented. Mm -hmm. um, and that was that was sort of a struggle in the beginning. I would say, well, we, much less so we, this year. We still it's, face it. You know, people come to us and then they want to make changes where they don't want a certain item on yeah. the on the ice cream, and we say no. Yeah, yeah. And then they just left. Yeah. yeah, we try to make exceptions for Allergies. you know allergen yeah, type thing. But if some I mean, people will come up and sometimes they'll say, "I'm very picky and I don't want this," and you know it's kind of yeah. like, "Well, I'm sorry, we don't, there's no <laughs> totally. substitutions, there's yeah. no changes," you know. And and most of the time, people will if still people, try it. Yeah, people are comfortable with changes, mm -hmm. you know. Like it, in if you if you go or dine in Europe, people customers don't dare to say anything to mm -hmm. the chefs, you know. They what they get. What the chefs make is what they get, mm -hmm. and there's there's a few restaurants now, a very like street restaurants where, especially when they're serving meat, they, uh, whatever the chefs cook, the customer eat. Mm -hmm. If not, you know you. Yeah, I think if, not, I mean the yeah. beef, the you know beef here. Beef everybody special. has their, you know their way that they like their beef cooked and in Europe you you whether that's duck or chicken or beef or whatever it is, you get it how the chef prepares it <laughs> that's it there's no questions you don't you don't we, talk back we don't argue. yeah you don't argue okay. yeah, <laughs> well I don't know how I do over there um, anyhow we're gonna start wrapping up a little bit um, so uh, learned a lot about your business and about the future to come so where can people find you on social media like where are you most connected to your fans we are on Instagram mm -hmm. and Facebook mm -hmm. and they're they're sort of connected so it's yeah. usually the same thing I will say we are better at responding to Facebook Facebook and that's at <laughs> yes. Susu Seattle yes okay. and then you can also uh, go to our website which is SusuSeattle.com okay and then the link to our email address is at the bottom so we get back to email as well all right well thank you both for spending time with me today and thank looking you. forward to the future thank you us thank you. too <laughs> 
And that's our interview with Katie and Fly from SUSU Seattle. And as you may have heard during the interview, um, they're going to open up a storefront. So that's the really big news. It's going to be in Chinatown. And there are no dates set yet, but things are moving forward because I just got an update. So I'm really excited to have a place where I can find them all the time instead of out on the streets. I can't wait. And they're probably going to have some cool flavors, too, and some different creations at their new place as well. Oh, let's hope so. (laughs) (laughs) And that's our show for this week. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Monica, I want to personally say Happy New Year to you and your family. It's been so much fun. I can't believe we started in September and now we're rolling into 2019 with some more shows. Oh, thank you so much, Nelson. Happy New Year to you and yours, too. All right. Seattle Foodie Podcast family, thank you so much for listening. Happy New Year and happy eating, Seattle. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Seattle Foodie Podcast and on Twitter at Seattle Food Pod. You can also email us at seattlefoodiepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the Seattle Foodie Podcast.